uh, this is going to be one of those games where uh, you win, but we're probably going to talk about it like it's a loss just because they didn't play well at all, man. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 428 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. We do Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. And uh, we're talking Knicks tonight. The Knicks come from behind in Philly. They picked up a win tonight, or I should say last night because I'm recording this pretty late, later than usual. Um, It's technically Saturday, November 5th as I'm recording, Um, but the game took place the night of Friday the 4th. Jeez, we're already five days into November. That's fucking I feel like it's, I feel like it's, it's still the beginning of October. I feel like it's the end of September. I really do. I feel like it's September. Um, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. You know what else is crazy? (laughs) This whole Kyrie Irving thing. Now I'm not gonna sit here and sympathize with Kyrie. Alright, I get it. He said some crazy things over the course of his career. But I do find it funny. Because, like, the first thing that popped into my head was, of course. Of course, not only Kyrie saying some shit, but of course the media is gonna blow it up and talk about it and make it a certain segment on their show. And bring it up during live telecasts of other games. And of course it's going to be a trend on, on Twitter, on social media, everywhere. Because people love to be fake outraged. They love to be outraged when everybody else is. Because it's the thing and it gets you this type of feeling. This dopamine hit. But I'm sitting here and I'm like... People, the amount of shit, I'll even admit it, the amount of shit that I say that I joke around with my buddies and and my closest friends in my everyday life, if I was famous, that shit would get me canceled in a heartbeat. And don't lie, you know you'd be canceled in a second too. Most of us say shit, especially sports fans, right? The jocks, we say shit so fast friggin' off to knew each other. That would get us canceled. That's not politically correct. Now, again, I'm not saying what Kyrie Irving said was right, but the reactions to it, acting like it's so crazy that somebody has an opinion that's, you know, disrespectful. It's just weird to me how the media just flip. Like, I was thinking about it, and I'm sitting here. I'm a UFC fan, and I'm like, Could you imagine if NBA media covered the UFC for a day? They wouldn't last. Could you imagine them having to cover a Sean Strickland press conference? Oh my gosh. They would have to find a safe space. 
Because the amount of shit that Strickland says that would be deemed as homophobic, as racist, as this and that, the amount of unfiltered hilarious at that shit he says would just fire up a shitstorm if Strickland were in the NBA. I'm just going to leave it at that. And again, for the third time, I'm not saying Kyrie Irving isn't an idiot. What he said, what he did, ridiculous. But I just find that every time something like this happens with with an icon, the whole outrage thing on the internet is a little fake to me. We're here to talk some Knicks tonight, guys, believe it or not. Uh, Yeah, the Knicks come from behind in Philly. Of course, also, the one night that I bet on Evan Fournier, I parlayed him into my bet to make a simple three-pointer. And of course, the one night I do that, he sits the majority of the night. The one night I do that, Tibbs does the one thing he hasn't done since Evan Fournier has become a Nick, is play him off the bench. He's not... I don't think he's had a game off the bench in his entire career. But the one time I parlay Evan Fournier into my bet, which I never do, he plays, what he played, 14 minutes and didn't make a single three-pointer. So that was nice. But the Knicks won tonight. Um, but again, it felt like they didn't. It was a 106-104 win in Philadelphia where the 76ers... Um, we're in this game without Joel Embiid and without James Harden. But you wouldn't know that because Jesus Christ, even when we win, we lose. Never easy. The Knicks got off to a brutal start in this game. And I mean a brutal start with, with the turnovers. I mean, Randall had four turnovers within the first 9-10 minutes. Uh, the Knicks had 21 turnovers overall. Nine of them came in the first quarter. They somehow stayed in it, but then they fell behind by a dozen points um, somewhere in the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. They looked lifeless. They continued to be sloppy with the ball on the offensive end. More turnovers, uh, ill-advised shots, you know, quickly, and Obi Toppin launched a couple of bad three-point attempts. Um, But what happens? Tibbs, uh, possibly feeling the heat from the get-go of this game. And we'll talk about that in a second. The get-go. He does something different. And he tweaks his rotation pattern with a unique lineup combo of Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and get this, Obi Toppin and Julius Randle, yes, in the front court. And the Knicks, with that lineup, come in, you know, that that lineup comes in down double figures, and they end up giving the Knicks the win by two points. Got a little scary there at the end with with the foul game. Uh, The Knicks screwing up defensively when they did not need to foul, and also missing some free throws of their own. But they got it done eventually, and... As they say, a win is a win. Um, yeah, it's it's. You know, if I drank, 
I will be drinking after this game. <laughs> uh, but the Knicks now four and four overall in the season um, after the 106-104 victory, and that was their first road victory of the year. So, um, but this, you know, what I really want to touch on again in this episode is Tom Thibodeau, and he may have been feeling the heat. You know, you're starting to hear fans express their frustrations again. I'm starting to get a little frustrated. I'm not going to the fire Tibbs boat yet, but you have to think that Tom Thibodeau heard it. He strayed from his comfort zone tonight. And that's not Tibbs-like. You know? That's not Tibbs-like to just go away from his comfort zone. He did a number of things that indicated that maybe he heard the rumors. Um, For starters, he went with Quentin Grimes over Evan Fournier to start the game. Um, He also played Obi Toppin and Julius Randle together in crunch time at that. Cam Reddish also getting closing minutes as well. And Derek Rose only played seven minutes. Both Rose and Fournier played terribly. Um, not that Grimes was good. He's still looking rusty and slow out there. But, you know, Fournier played uh, 14 minutes. A little longer, maybe because you know, Tips kind of felt like he had to give him some minutes for optics reasons. But, you know, are we seeing something different? It's one game. You know, is he hearing the rumors? Is he listening to to you know social media? Is he reading what Knicks fans are saying and writing? Is he feeling the heat, or is is was tonight's game just because of matchup reasons? No James Harden, no Joel Embiid, um, and you know is it because Mitchell Robinson was hurt early in the game tonight, which is. At this point, basically the sun rising in the morning. Death taxes and, and Mitch wobbling around on the court like a 90-year-old man. You know, so so was it Tibbs realizing, oh shit, I, I gotta try and shake things up? Or was it just because of, of the situations tonight? I guess we'll find out tomorrow, especially if Mitchell Robinson does play. But, I, I you know, I'm gonna give him his credit tonight. Um... That doesn't mean that Tibbs was flawless tonight either, because, I mean, listen, he wasn't. Um, Cam Reddish was... Cam Reddish was working. He was working early second quarter, and then, boom. Then we never saw him again until the final six or so minutes. I mean, that just cannot happen. That's, That's the same exact problem we've had with Tibbs ever since he's coached this team. Cam was arguably your best offense off the bench tonight and was the team's best defensive player tonight by miles. Not a mile, by miles. But he sits that long and Tibbs even went with Evan Fournier First, at the end of the third quarter and, and at the start of the fourth quarter before he put Cam Reddish back into the game. And I understand it. The team needs shooting. 
and you have to figure that eventually Fournier would catch fire from the arc. And so he's not just going to go from starting Fournier every single night, 30 plus minutes to not playing him all off the bench. But some nights you do kind of have to go with what's hot. And if it meant not playing Evan Fournier at all, much at all in his first game off the bench as a Nick, so be it. That just it's because Cam Reddish was that hot. And he was. He, uh, overall, he was fantastic. Uh, super efficient tonight. Um, 11 points. 4 for 4 from the field. 1 of 1 from 3, I think. Um, he might have had a couple threes. 3 assists. No turnovers. Plus 19 in the box score. And he did this all across 15 minutes. Just the the, the ultra-efficient line. Shoot 100%. You don't turn it over. And you're super positive in the box. His move to the rim, man, is, is legit. It's such a smooth finish. And his big strides just get him to the hoop in two steps. That baseline finish tonight was sick. Um, just a smooth offensive player when he's got it going. I just hope he can find consistency because he's never been able to. And you see players like that all the time that never pan out. You know, they, they flash this potential and they get you to buy in and they, they, you're sold, but they never put it together. And I hope he's not another one of those guys. But I just hope he gets more minutes so we can see, so we can see if he's consistent. And again, his defense tonight on Tyrese Maxey, and you know Maxey did drop 31 points, but I thought Cam's defense was still strong. You know, Maxey did have to take 29 shots to get there. Didn't particularly, didn't really shoot great. Um, he had to make him work. But his, you know, Cam Reddish's length just gives him the ability to defend so to slip away from ball screens and glide through those open lanes and with his size he's able to muscle up those smaller guards on the ball he's really got the tool set to be a good wing defender it's just going to be that motor right but so far I think he's played pretty hard um his defense looks better and tonight it was great so credit to Cam Reddish for sitting the entire rest of the first half, the vast majority of the second half, and then still keeping that same mental fortitude and, and still being physically ready as well to go back out there in crunch time and, and be just as hot. He balled out. Um, I, I hope he plays tomorrow because we're going to need him versus Boston. Uh, you know They've got Brown, they've got Tatum. We could use a guy like Cam Reddish tomorrow. But, yeah, going back to Tom Thibodeau here, um, Obi Toppin also, arguably the best off the bench tonight, yet he still barely reached the 20-minute mark. It's just so frustrating with Obi because it's a consistent pattern we see with the minutes, yet Obi is their most consistent weapon on the second unit for almost two years now, if you go back to the second half of his rookie season. Right? So, I, I just... I, 
you know, it's like, can we shave maybe six minutes off of Julius? Play them together even a few minutes a game? If you do that, that can get you about 25 minutes for Obi right there. I know it's it's a lot easier said than done. It's not as simple as that because each game is different. The situations end up being different. But I don't know, man. This one is not that difficult to play the hot hand when he's hot and, and in this case, sit the cold hand when he's cold. You know, I, I think you do that, and I wouldn't be shocked if you've got yourself a 15-6 and six guy with Obi Toppin someday soon. I'm telling you, he could be good. He could be good. I'm not sure he could be a starter, and he's not going to start as long as Randall's and Nick, but he could give you decent numbers if you play him regularly. 25 minutes a game, I think he could get you 15 points on, on average. So that's why tonight, Obi Toppin coming off the bench. He wins a bing bong game ball. Bing bong. Gets the bing bong award. 17 points, three rebounds. Thought he looked great. Now, you know, the rebounds will have to improve. But the corner three ball, the corner three ball for Obi Toppin has improved significantly this year. Um, we saw it improve at the end of last year, too. But tonight it was working late. You know, we used to complain about Obi being stuck on the floor as just this statue, this floor spacer, and not really using him in cuts and stuff. But if he hits them, if he starts hitting these corner threes like he's been hitting them, he's 47% on, on threes. Then, hey, I'll take it. And, and, of course, he's always going to you know, run on leak outs and he's going to play out the short roll in the half court, etc. But the three looks good. And he got big-time buckets tonight. He had a three ball at the top of the fourth quarter. He had that slam midway through the fourth. And then he had another huge triple with three and a half minutes or so to bring the Knicks within three. So he had a big second half, big fourth quarter, and he played some good defense down the stretch too. So I thought Obi was great. Um, but let's go to the starters for a bit. Let's go back to the starting lineup and talk about, you know, I think if we're talking Obi, might as well at this point bring up Julius Randle, right? It, it only makes sense too. Um, you know, Randall was, I think lately you're getting, let's just be blunt. Lately you're getting classic Randall back. Unfortunately, um, he, he, he will score his points, but he'll not do much defensively. Um, he's going to force drives and shots and passes and turn it over. He had six turnovers tonight. Um, He's going to miss a whole bunch of his three-point shots, and that looks like something that's never really returning at this point, unfortunately. You know, the three-ball just looks awful with him. The spot-up threes are not falling. Um, and he just looks lazy out there at times. The body language, I, it's unfortunate. Um, I will give him some credit because tonight he shot fine, 6 of 13. He scored 17, had 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, and he did show up in the fourth quarter. You know, he begins the fourth quarter with four rebounds in the night. He finishes with 10 rebounds overall. Um, he also, he grabbed that huge, that one 
very big rebound late on that crucial possession where I forget who from Philly missed the free throw. Then they get their own offensive rebound because I don't know what the Knicks were doing. And they get a three-point, an open deep three out of it on the right on the left wing. And I think it was Maxie who misses it, and then Randall snags the board. So it was a crucial rebound there, and then he knocked down the big free throws himself. So I give him credit for showing up down the stretch. But overall, he's got to start playing like he did in his first few games. Um, R.J. Barrett was good tonight. It was an efficient night for R.J. Barrett. Positive sign. Um, 22 points, 9 boards, 8 of 16 on his field goals. I just think it's the same few areas with him that bother him. It's, you know, he's got kind of a tunnel vision on his drives, which lead to these wild layups. And, you know, I, I get that he likes to run that transition, but sometimes he's a little too aggressive. You know, the rookie season, RJ, we like to see that overly aggressiveness because it showed that he was confident. But now it's year four. We know RJ Barrett's got confidence. He's just got to figure out how to tame himself. And I think if he did tame himself, um, he had two assists tonight. If he tamed himself a bit more when going downhill and was a more aware player in the full court and even half court, those two assists could lead to four assists, maybe even five assists in a game more often. You know, so just doing that and improving his awareness on drives can improve him both as a playmaker and a finisher. Um, and the three-point shooting with R.J. Barrett also continues to be a problem. He was just two for eight tonight. Um, you just need him to be average. That's all we need. You know, I think it's obvious that he's never going to shoot 40%. Again, I think 2020 was an outlier year for many guys. Um but, you know, be average. Last year he shot 34%. That's fine. That's that's about average. He gets he gets good looks a lot, too. That's what's concerning this season. He's getting a lot of good looks. It's not like he's taking forced Emmanuel quickly type of heat checks, right? But he's just getting good. He's just missing. He's just missing open threes. That's it. And that can't happen. Um, he also missed a free throw late tonight. He had that travel call, so he wasn't perfect down the stretch. Um, and it's it's also the defense. You know, Tobias Harris tonight, I thought, took care of R.J. Barrett pretty good. Uh, he had 23 points, 60%. But I don't want to harp on it too much because, again, he had an efficient night. We need more efficiency from overall. It's just, it's, you know, we got to find consistency, man. Um, I don't know what else. Fournier... <laughs> Fournier, it didn't look like Evan Fournier wanted to even be out there tonight. Um, You could tell the benching got to him. Mitchell Robinson got hurt early, so he didn't really have an impact. Hartenstein looked pretty good. Um, Sims still really didn't play. He did play four early second half minutes, but you would have liked to see more of him. Excuse me. Unfortunately, Tibbs just doubled down on Hartenstein. Hartenstein. Hartenstein, whatever the fuck it is now. I feel like they change the pronunciation every game, or maybe I'm just not even paying attention. Um, what's his name? Oh, uh, we'll go to our starters. Jalen Brunson gets the bing-bong ball. Because, of course, he always gets a bing-bong ball every game. Bing-bong. 
The dude's been far and away, not close, not even remotely close, the best Nick, the most consistent Nick this season. Uh, 23 points, 6 boards, 7 dimes tonight. He shot 80, uh, 47% from the field, and he hit 8 of his 9 free throws. On the year, he's averaging 19-4-7 on 48%. Um, yeah. Big second half, big fourth quarter for him as well. I think it was impressive that of the 21 Nick turnovers that they vomited tonight, Brunson coughed it up just one time in 36 minutes. And that's been a trend this season that he's a very efficient playmaker. He did miss some open threes himself. Also a crucial free throw like R.J. Barrett did. And his defensive rotations could have been better. Um, But he also had that gigantic and one there. He actually had two big buckets, big finger rolls with less than two minutes left tonight. So the ball movement is just so much better when Jalen Brunson's having a good game. He's an excellent finisher. It's nice to have a mid-range guy on the team, and it's just great to have a quarterback running point guard. So I thought I thought Brunson was great. Um, and overall, the Knicks score 106 points. Shoot 46% from the floor, 27% from three again, 85% from the line, 24 assists. You know, it's it's another night uh, where we're struggling with the shot. It's mainly R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, man. Can't keep happening. Uh, we also need Quentin Grimes to hopefully get into rhythm soon enough. Um, but I don't know how great a shooting team this Knicks roster's going to have. You know, it, it might top out at average. Um, but, you know, that's why it makes it that much more important that this Knicks team keeps running that full court game. Last year, the Knicks were 26th of 30 teams in transition possessions per game. This season, the Knicks entered tonight's, uh, they entered tonight's game third and transition possessions. So that's a huge jump. It's such a big difference. Uh, and they've got the personnel who likes that style of play. Barrett likes the run and gun game. Obi obviously likes to run those leak outs. Cam Reddish is used to running the that you know full court game on the wing with RJ and at Duke. You know, quickly likes to run that game. They all the young guys, they can run it. But other guys gotta buy in. And they have to start defending better too. You know, that's that's still a thing that bothered me tonight. Um Philly didn't shoot well from three, but there was still many times when you saw an open shot. And that's because guys are still cheating off the perimeter way too much and we're committing two, three guys to the ball on every drive. You gotta know when to who who to who to leave open, who not to leave open. You gotta adjust on a game to game basis depending on what that roster is. You gotta know when to be switching. You got to know when to go over the screen, when to go under. You know, you, you, it can't be like Cleveland when they just stay home and they give a point guard like Mitchell all the room in the world to shoot and not force guards like him to drive. You know, it's 2022. You got to adopt defensively. So, again, I, I know they won the game, um, but it's just overall, it just. 
I don't know. I'm not getting great vibes these last couple of weeks. And there are problems all around. It's really everyone's fault. It's the player's fault for just not getting it done enough, simply. It's coaching. Thibodeau with the rotations, with schemes. Uh, But really the biggest thing, let's be honest, is the front office. Because this roster is clunky already. Right? It's, It's mediocre as it is. So how much better could a different coach be? I do think it could be better. I think Johnny Bryant would be interesting. More modern, I get that. He likes the run and gun style. Did it with Utah under Quinn Snyder. But at the same time, you know, fake GM agent Leon Rose gave Tibbs a roster where Tibbs has to be perfect with his substitutions just for the Knicks to reach their mediocre peak. So I don't know. You know, I, I'm thinking positive here. Um, you know, the best hope is that the Knicks this year win enough games to not only grab a play-in, hopefully playoff spot, but more importantly, win enough to attract some other GMs to trade with them or attract free agent stars to come here in the summer. That's my hope. And, you know, you obviously keep these young players improving and you keep giving them minutes and all that. But, again... That's a lot of things got to go right. This roster's got to start playing better. RJ's got to start playing better. Randall's got to stop start playing like he was in the first couple of games. Um, Tibbs has got to start adjusting and making these in-game adjustments and going with who's hot more often. And you got to hope that if we're winning games, we do the right thing at the deadline. It's it's you know a lot going on, but staying current, staying current. We've got Boston up tomorrow. Uh, second of a back-to-back it'll be. Um, but we are going back home um, to take on you know, a fully healthy Celtics team, the Eastern Conference champs, in, in less than 24 hours from now. So at least it is home. It's at the Garden, the real Garden, Madison Square Garden. Um, but it's definitely going to be tough. So we'll see what happens. Guys, we're going to take a break. Get back, and we'll wrap this up with the question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com.
Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 428, 428 of BD4. Thanks for stopping by. Now, I um, I think I'm going to wrap this one up. I think we've talked about everything we've needed to touch on. Um, gave out our awards. Set our spiel. And um, let's wrap it up with the question of the day. Let's get to our trivia. And then, you know, it is a back-to-back, so I want to get this episode out as soon as possible. So, you know, because, you know, it's going to have a short shelf life. But um, let's get to the trivia. If I can even fucking find it on the screen here. Here it is. All right. So for this episode, episode 428, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is it's a true or false question true or false the Knicks are among the top 10 all time for the NBA's longest single season winning streak true or false the Knicks are among the top 10 all time for the NBA's longest single season winning streak so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll DM you next episode and let you know what the answer is. So one last time, one final time of the night, our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is true or false? The Knicks are among the top 10 all-time for the NBA's longest single-season winning streak. Guys, that's it. Episode 428 is in the books. I appreciate you stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one. That's all we've got. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Anchor. 